You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. We had a good time this morning, and, and, and we have a lot of great and glorious times when we get together like this and we listen to the Word of God, and, and the Word speaks to our hearts. But, but it, it doesn't mean much if we don't do something about it. Amen. I'm, I, I don't have this the scripture on the screen, but James 1 verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. That's actually scary. <laughs> Look in the mirror, go away, and immediately forget what you look like. And that's how people do who are not obedient to the Word of God. And I want to speak to you about the power of obedience tonight. The power of obedience. You know, I grew up, and I hated that word, obedience. You know, be obedient. I, I just hated that word, but it's, it's such a good word, and it's such a necessary word. We, we brought up three boys. And uh, they're all grown up now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually older than what I look like. I know I look 32, but... <laughs> yeah, come on now. And so, so in, in, while growing up, you know, obedience is, is, is a vital thing. When, when, my, when my boys would be obedient or listen to the rules or the direction that I gave them, there was peace in our house. Not because I wanted them to do exactly as I said, but I wanted them to succeed in life. And the path of success is through obedience. And so when they were obedient, there was peace. And, and not only that, there was an atmosphere of, of, of happiness. Because I knew... By them listening to me, they were telling me that, Dad, we love you. We love you. And, and so that pleased me. And so the benefits that goes along with obedience, they received that benefit in, what did Pastor Danny say, multiplication and multitude of multiplications. <laughs> Like Isaac was obedient and he became prosperous and he became very prosperous. And so obedience is the key, one of the, the vital main keys to abundance. And therefore, it's a great word because it always comes with a reward. It always comes with benefit. Obedience to the Word of God. Obedience to what the Spirit of God is revealing through the Word of God. And so obedience is not the natural way of life. Therefore, we need to really, really fix our eyes tonight on Jesus. Let's, let's, let's receive the Word with meekness. Let's, let's pick it up. Embrace it. Hold on to it until we become one with it without resistance. So that our souls may be saved, so that our minds may be renewed, so that our emotions may be healed, so that we can make good decisions in this life and be everything that God has called us to be. In the Old and the New Testament, the core principle of obedience refers to hearing or listening to a greater authority. 
The Greek word for obedience in the Bible refers to positioning oneself beneath or submit to someone's command or authority. It, it also, in the New Testament, the Greek word for obedience means to trust. That's why obedience is actually faith in action. It's being a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. To hear God's word and act accordingly. That's Holman's Illustrated Bible Dictionary. Therefore, obedience to God in the Bible refers to trusting, submitting, hearing God's words, and surrendering to God in doing it. One day, a large crowd pressed around Jesus while he preached. This is in Luke 5, 1 to 11. And so the Lord Jesus wanted to use Peter's boat as a floating pulpit. Huh? That must have been so amazing, a floating pulpit. <laughs> I can just imagine how good that must be. So, so he, he, he wanted to use this boat as a, as a floating pulpit to, to address the multitude on, on the side of, 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 this, of the sea. And so he asked Peter just to push the, the boat a little bit away from the shore. Luke 5, 3, we, we read, Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it a little out from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So, so not in itself a, a remarkable request, something small. But what happened after that? P Peter obeyed, Peter listened, he did what the Lord asked him to do, and multitudes were exposed to the word of our king. Just a small little thing, like tell your wife that you love her. I'm talking to some yes. men tonight. All the women is like, come on, you heard him. <laughs> so, so the noisy crowd received the first blessing of Peter's obedience. Now they could hear Jesus speaking. For some other reason, there was better acoustics when he spoke from the boat. And so then... The Lord said to Peter, and this is in, in, in verse 5, put, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, this is a second opportunity for Peter to be obedient or not. But this is a more challenging one, though. Uh, use my boat as a floating platform? That's fine. But listen, I do fishing for a living. My name is Peter. We've got this fishing business. Uh, you come from Nazareth where you do woodwork? You're telling me to go deeper in and cast the nets out? After we've tried all night? Peter's reply demonstrates a lifetime of faith in God. Luke 5 verse 5, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have to toiled all night and caught nothing. Yes. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. At your word, I will let down the net. Man, this is exciting because the moment, what happened? The moment they let down the net, they caught so many fish, they had to show another boat to come. Help, come help. And both of them almost sunk. 
because of the amount of fish that they caught after a night of catching nothing. Wow. And so Peter chose to obey the Lord and leave the consequences to Jesus. But notice what, what happened as a result of Peter's obedience. <laughs> the result was Peter uh, or Jesus had an opportunity to show his sovereignty and his power. And not only Peter was blessed, but all those around him was blessed. He had to call in the others, come and help. Here's some fish for you as well. Not only my business is prospering because of my obedience, but only your business is going to prosper because of my obedience. Wow. And so maybe there's a mind shift necessary. You know, sometimes we think a business is prospering and, and then we go like... Maybe Jesus is just showing you something, how to prosper. Luke 5 verse 7 says, So they signaled there to their partners in the other boat, come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so they began to sing. So saying yes to Jesus resulted in a blessing for the entire group. The next story I want to tell you, I love the Old Testament. I love stories. I, I just read, it, read through it again and again, over and over. It's, in, it, it's found in 1 Samuel 14. And, and it's about the son of the then king uh, Saul, which was, uh, uh, his name was Jonathan, and also David's best friend, if you can recall. You remember? It's also long ago, but come on now. You've got to remember these stories, man. <laughs> it's in 1 Samuel 14. And so... So there's, there's, there's this, this battle against the Philistines, but Saul is not in God's good books anymore. And, and so they, they spread over the whole, the whole of the, the area in, in certain groups, and, and Jonathan is not with his father Saul. And so in this story, he finds himself with him and his armor-bearer alone. And he says to the armor-bearer, I sense in my heart that we should go into the open and make ourselves known to the Philistines that are, that are on this, this, this one hill. Um, and, listen, uh, and listen to what he says, 1 Samuel 14, 6 and 7. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may, that be the, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Yes. And the armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you, according to your heart. And, and, and so Jonathan says to his armor bearer, let's show ourselves to them. And, and when they say we should come up to them, we will know. That's the sign of the Lord that he will give us the victory. And, and so two guys, one soldier and one armor bearer. In, in fact, the Bible says that only Saul and Jonathan in those days had a sword. And, and so the armor bearer had nothing. He had no, no armor to bear. He was just with Jonathan. <laughs> and, and so Jonathan had the sword. And, and here they, 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 they go up against a, a garrison. It's about 20 Philistines on their own. Verse 10 says, But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. So, so they go in the open. Here we are. And, and the Philistines... <laughs> 
They say, see, the Israelites have come up from their hiding places. And, and, and then they, they say this, come up here. We want to show you something. <laughs> Who knows when somebody tells you that there's something fishy going on. <laughs> now, we, we're not busy with Peter's story anymore. <laughs> something fishy is going on. Come up here. We want to show you something. But Jonathan had something in his heart. They crawl hands and knees up the hill. And when they reach the top, the Lord knocks the Philistines down. This armor bearer gets so excited, he grabbed Jonathan's sword. I, I, the, the Bible doesn't say this, but I know this because maybe he took one of the Philistines. I don't know, but he got a sword. He just started killing left and right until they were all killed. And, and this, is, this is just an amazing story. It's a great victory. Two guys against 20 Philistines. And, but this is the beginning of the story. Israel was in a time of backsliding. They, they drifted away from God. And, and the Bible says that some of the Israelites sinned so, ba sinned so badly that they actually walked over to the Philistine camp. They said, no, no, no. We don't want to be, be Israelites anymore. We're going to be Philistines. No, 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 no. So, so they took off their identity as Jews and became Philistines. That's what the Bible says. Took on a new false identity. Putting on the uniform of the Philistines, learning their language, and even fighting with them. This, this is such an amazing story. It's trying to be what they weren't. But the Bible says that when they heard the story of Jonathan's courage and his obedience, something stirred up inside of them. Something stirred up. Just, just imagine this picture. They are numbered with the Philistine army and they hear the story of radical courage and radical obedience and they begin to strip off the Philistine garments and they put back their Israelite uniform and they say, let's get back to where we should be. Let's get back to who we are. Faith rises up because of somebody else's obedience. They put back their true identity and walked over back to the Israelite camp. Wow. Your obedience does not only affect you. Here's another part of the story. You won't believe this. Many of the Israelites that weren't part of the Jewish army anymore and did not walk over to the Philistines, hid in the caves. They were so afraid. They were terrified of what was going on. They were paralyzed in fear, and they hid in the caves of the mountains of Ephraim, the Bible says. And when these people, I don't know how it worked. Maybe somebody put it on a status update, and they got it in the cave. I don't know. But they heard of the obedience of Jonathan, and they rose up. In a newfound courage, they said, fear, get under our feet. We are going back. And they joined the, the, the front lines of the Israelite army. We are ready to fight, man. No more fear. No more nonsense. Because of two people. One people's obedience and another one submitting and saying, let's do this. Let's do this. So the obedience of Jonathan created a sense of identity 
for those who were bound up by fear. Fear cannot hold anyone down who knows who they are. And you, you are in Christ Jesus. I, I, I'm tempted to, to start telling you who you are, but you, you, you are supposed to know. The Word of God reveals your true identity. As we look into the mirror, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, As we behold in the Word of God as in a mirror, we are being changed even to the same image of Jesus from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. So get into the Word. Get into the Word. Look into the mirror of the Word and walk away and be the person that God has created you to be. Amen. But remember, you are the poetry. <laughs> you are the poet. You are his handiwork. You are his workmanship. You are special, man. Somebody say, I am special. I want to say, somebody say, I am obedient. But I'm a little bit, I don't know. We'll get there. <laughs> In the next chapter, we, we see Saul fighting another battle against the Amalekites. And God says, wipe them out. Wipe them out completely. Don't take anything from them. Wipe them out and their king. A gag. I'm glad I don't have to say that in Afrikaans. There's two G's and a little word of four letters. <laughs> but what did Saul do? He spared the king and he took all the best sheep for himself and the best animals. And when Samuel comes to the camp of the Israelites, Saul greets him joyfully. And, and Samuel responds in verse 13. He says, Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is the bleating of sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. This is so interesting. I want to get carried away on this. There's this excuse. I didn't do exactly as God spoke. But you see, I kept this. To sacrifice to him. To the Lord Samuel, your God. If you read on in, in 1 Samuel, in chapter 30, the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. See some of the differences? God has invited you to know him. To know him intimately. To love him because he loves you. He, and he loves you so, so very much. But, but when you are not living in radical obedience, you want to deflect the blame. I, I, I didn't do that exactly as, but, but it's the people. It's the people. You know, like, like this morning, it's Abel. I'm going to kill him because he's the reason that God did not accept my sacrifice. It's amazing how sinful lifestyles will often get explained away through phony spiritual terminology and purposes. Hiding it under the disguise of we're going to sacrifice to the Lord. And this is where you get the statement from Samuel. Has the Lord 
as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. That must have been very hard to hear. But God does not need burning sheep. God does not need sacrifices. There is nothing about it. Everything he has us do is for us. Everything we do in giving and serving, in dying and in rising, all the stuff God has us do is for us. He doesn't need it. He's God. He's not in need. He's more committed to what I become on the inside than what is going on in the world around me. He wants you to be the the person that you have called him to be. I think of my, of my boys growing up, and I think, you know, I'm so excited that that, that, that obedient thing that I taught them has, has grown up into a place where I am here this morning, and the oldest one is preaching at home. <laughs> There's always this, this benefit. It's always for us, because he loves us. His word is for you. His word is for you. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Rebelling, rebel, rebellion is just me being in control, wanting my way. I did it my way. That's rebellion. And witchcraft is manipulation and control. And we, we, we all know that, right? As I said this morning, don't point now. Genesis twenty two eighteen. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Jesus says in Matthew 7, he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of, of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Those who listen and obey. Those who hear the word of the Lord and obey. Obedience is, is a beautiful illustration of somebody who walks in the fear of the Lord. Amen. People are very scared of this thing called the fear of the Lord. It's just something amazing. I heard some preacher say the other day, he said, you know, some people say that the fear of the Lord is to have respect. I want you to see your respect when you stand in front of the one with fire in his eyes. It's a little bit more than respect. 
And you know what? He's right here. He's right here tonight. And listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 25, 12 to 14. I'm just going to read from the Passion Translation. Uh, Who are they that live in the holy fear of God? You will show them the right path to take. Then prosperity and favor will be their portion. And their descendants will inherit all that is good. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near Him and receive the revelation secrets of His promises. Isn't that amazing? Almighty God has invited you into a secret place where you can just spend time with Him, knowing that He loves you. The lovers of God's secret place, so intimate, so intimate, where God reveals the path of life to you. Why try this, try that, try this until you find the right one where you can sit and receive it from Him? This is what God is giving us. This is what God is giving us. The fear of the Lord. There's a place for the lovers of God reserved. You know, when you get into a restaurant and and you find a good table and there's this little board on it, reserved, you're not allowed to sit there. You know, like, I've got to take this second best table. Hey, there's a reserved place for you in His presence. And it's not just a general little sign that says reserved. It says it's reserved for Warren. It's reserved for Karen. It's reserved for... Put your name in there. It's personal. It's you. It's for you. Whoever believes, 1 John 5, 1 to 3... That Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. And everyone who loves Him, who who begot, also loves Him who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Nothing is too difficult for us to fulfill because everything that He requires from us is already provided for us. Isn't He just good? I want to be obedient to everything that He asks me to do. My obedience has an effect on everybody around me. It has an effect on my descendants. You know, I'm, I'm as, as blessed as, as Pastor Danny. Oh, doubly blessed. I've got two. He's got one. I've got two grandchildren. And you know, I said to my wife the other day, this is my inheritance, that they will walk in the blessing that I walked in. They will, they are, because the Word of God says that. My descendants, my children's children will be blessed because of my obedience. And I'm not bragging you. I had to learn obedience as well. And the benefits of obedience. And I choose to be obedient. You know, there's, there's nothing as good as calling somebody that you have on your heart that you don't call regularly. And you just call them and say, listen, hey, how's it? And they say, how did you know? There's nothing as good as that. Just responding to the impulse, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love Him so much. Don't you love God? <laughs> He's our Father. Oh, we praise Him. Father, we thank You. 
We thank you for your word. We thank you for the, for the ability to obey you. Lord, that you did not make it hard for us to follow you. But you have given us everything that we need to be obedient to your word, to your spirit. And we thank you for the benefits, not only for us, but for our descendants, our children's children. And we thank you, Father. We thank you that we have seen it, that we have experienced it, and we will see it and will experience it. Even in our family, in our marriages, I pray for marriages in this place and, and, and every place watching. I pray marriages to be restored in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that, that spouses will listen to the prompting of your Holy Spirit and respond in obedience. And respond in obedience. I thank you, Father. I thank you for great restoration. I see broken marriages healed in this moment. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.